Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Expressions of Kindness and Goodness, presented by Pastor Jerry Evans on March 6th, 2016. Galatians 5:22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. About three weeks ago, I started preparing this sermon, and I was on the, on the, actually I was not preparing, I was on the internet on my homepage, and I saw a sign that said, a little ad to read the news, and it said, random acts of violence. And under that, there were several things listed. I read some of them. Then I got to thinking back, back in the 1990s, there were billboards appeared all around town, all over the country, really, and it had practiced random acts of kindness. And the intent of that campaign, that many people just did it on their own and companies did it, things like this, was trying to offset the number of, the, the emphasis that was being placed on violence. About that time in the 90s is when we became an even more violent society, and it's just continued today. The intent of the billboards was to try to get people to practice random acts of kindness. And it was done in different ways. I remember that people were encouraged to, even little things like waving at school children, waving at school bus, putting quarters in the sandbox on playgrounds, uh, buying people's lunch, and different things like this. The only problem with it is the intent was just to make people feel good themselves. But I believe if we practice random acts of kindness to other people, it draws people to Jesus. The song just a moment ago said that God's kindness is what draws us to repentance. So we'll look today at, at the examples of kindness in Scripture. But I want to challenge you to think about practicing Rex's uh, random acts of kindness. The billboards had after the random acts of kindness, it had on it R-A-K, rack. So when you did it, you could say that you racked someone. Or if it was done to you, you'd say, I've been racked. And at the end of the service, we're going to give out some cards. I, I believe that we can do that without always letting people know who did it. Beck and I served a church in Lawton, Oklahoma for a couple of years, the last church we served. And that's the home of uh, Fort Steele Army Base. And it was really common. Then I know that people were not doing it, practicing rack, random acts of kindness. But I know they were doing it to show their appreciation. You would be in a restaurant, and you'd see somebody pay for one of the soldiers' dinner. Or it may be paying for a policeman or a fireman, firefighter. And the reason I, those people were picked is because in uniform, they're easy to recognize. Those of you who are school teachers, I appreciate the fact that, and I know you would, if somebody would treat you kind and buy your lunch when they see you out eating. So if you see a school teacher out eating, buy lunch. And, uh, uh, but I want us today to look at the, what the Bible says about kindness. And I want you to examine yourself and see. Nobody likes a grump. People aren't growing to grumpy people. How many of you are grumpy people this morning? Well, let me ask this. How many would admit to being a grumpy person? Well, there's a few honest people here. But grumpiness doesn't draw, draw people to Jesus. Being unkind doesn't draw people to Jesus. But God uses our act of kindness and goodness to bring people to him. 
And I want to ask you this morning that, you know, this past week that you practiced random act of kindness, not by that name, but maybe you did something that was kind to someone else. But the fruit of the Spirit, when I was in school, which was 100 years ago, almost, we were taught the fruit of the Spirit in the classroom. You know, it might not have said Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but it was taught. And I think those of us who teach anywhere, church, school, back in the children's department, youth, I think that we have an opportunity to, to practice that. I think out on the job we have a chance to practice that. And you, those of you who work, you have a chance to reach people by letting them see act of kindness. People are drawn by acts of kindness, and they're drawn to people who show goodness to other people. So think about that. Think about your own situation in life right now. We just all have that opportunity. If the Bible says do it, we ought to do it. When we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we see nine elements that make up the fruit of the Spirit. And we'll look at two of those this morning, kindness and goodness. So, well, how do you define kindness and goodness? Well, the definition of each is almost like the interchangeable words, but there's still a little bit of difference in what they mean. So we'll look at that and define it this morning. Kindness is translated from a word relates to tender, tender concern for others. Are you concerned about others? When you are, that shows our tenderness and our kindness. And I know we tend to be more like that when there has been a death or some tragedy or an illness, but we ought to exhibit that tender kindness all the time, tender concern for others continually as believers. When the Old Testament declares that God is good, and even in the New Testament says that too, and it frequently does it, that's what he's talking about, the kind of, of goodness of God, and that's our example to follow. It has nothing to do with weakness or lack of conviction, anything like that. But it, it's saying that we are to be kind just like God is kind to us. As a song a moment ago, the words to it, if you noticed it, it mentioned kindness draws us to salvation. Kindness draws people to Jesus. Kindness is what we're thankful for, for God's love and his forgiveness of all of our sins. Paul in 1 Thessalonians is a good example of it. He says uh, the apostles are, were there with the people at Thessal uh, Thessalonica. The Thessalonians, he said, they were like children among you, speaking of himself and other apostles. Or we're like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. I think that's an example of Paul's relationship with the Thessalonians. That was an example of their relationship with him. Think about what he says. Caring for their own, like a mother feeding and caring for their own children. Most mothers do that with tender, loving, kindness, goodness as they take care of their children. But as an illustration of what it, mean, what it really means to be kind and, and good, good. Goodness, on the other hand, is translated from a word that has to do with moral and spiritual excellence. And it's known by its sweet, active kindness. If you'll notice that definition used of goodness, use the word kindness. And the definition of kindness uses the word goodness. So they are interrelated. 
but it's such a hard word in the original language of the new text to, to translate. And even in English, it's hard to explain the words goodness and kind. You can't hardly separate the two of them. I'm assuming that's why Floyd asked me to take both of these elements of the Spirit because they're so interrelated. But the primary idea seems to be generosity that springs from kindness. Now, kindness and goodness, if you count them there, they're the fifth and sixth elements of the fruit. It doesn't mean that they're the fifth and sixth importance. I think they're probably a lot more important than many of us think. I want to confess to you this morning that I have a problem sometimes being kind to people on the other end of the phone when I call somewhere and I want some information or I want to be transferred somewhere. And it's either through lack of training or incompetence and they transfer you to the wrong place. They don't listen to you. Last year, I realized what I was doing, that I was being unkind to people on the other end of the phone. So one of my goals I set last year, and it's still this year, is to try to be more kind to incompetent people on the phone (laughs) or those who've not had the training to be competent, one of the two things. But I've got to confess, I have to work on that when I do that. When I get a solicitation call at home, sometimes I have to make sure that I'm kind. And if I hang up, I hang up gently rather than slam the phone down. Wow. I guess I slammed the phone down too hard that time. Thank you. But now I've confessed my sin to you. What do you need to confess this morning to me? Anybody have a sin they want to confess? (laughs) Oh, me. But we have to intentionally be kind. If we walk with Jesus, it should come through naturally. But yet we have to make an effort to be kind and good to others. But I really do try to work on that. Let me ask you this. In the past couple of weeks, has there been somebody who's been exceptionally kind to you? Anybody? You want to share that? A little louder. Amen. Anybody else? I'm sorry the rest of you have not been, had anybody be kind to you. But think back about you being kind to others too. You know, I had surgery, uh, a cochlear implant done. It's not been uh, activated yet, so I still don't hear real well, but tomorrow it will be activated. But I remember in the recovery room when I woke up, the most kind, gentle, and loving, loving recovery nurse. And I felt like she was exceptionally kind as I was waking up. I don't wake up moody, but when you come out from anesthesia, you're not always feeling the greatest, right? Some of you have not had anesthesia yet, but you will. Hang in there. But I remember, and I feel like that she was being exceptionally kind and gentle, and good while I was in recovery, and knew exactly what to do. I need to pass that on so that I can be kind and gentle with other people. And I would challenge you this week to make a point of trying to be 
kind. Why do you wait to practice a random act of kindness? At the end of the service, we're going to give out cards. And I would ask that each one of you take two or three of those and practice a random act of kindness. And instead of drawing attention to yourself, just leave, if you pay a, 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 a soldier's or police officer's pay for his dinner, don't let them know who did it. Just have the waitress take care of it and leave that card. It says uh, only that recognition on there, so real, and gives our address and all, and we'll give those out. But I, I really want you to do that. Think about it. The fruit of the Spirit, and I want you to name these. If you need to look at your sermon notes, let's do it together. What the fruit of the Spirit is, what the fruit of the Spirit is, there you're catching on. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, If you don't have those memorized, I would challenge you to memorize those. You say, well, what is all this goodness and kindness about? Well, I think the best way to illustrate it is go to Scripture. I think that the New Testament, what I could tell, uses the word kindness in one form or the other 71 times. When a word is used that often in Scripture, it gets our attention. It must be very important for God to have the writers use that word 71 times. I want us to begin by looking at an act of Jesus and look at his kindness. In uh, John chapter 8, just read it quickly. You don't need to turn to it. Just listen as I read it. At dawn, he, talking about Jesus, went to the temple complex, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. When the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center, what happened to the man? I suppose the man was not guilty if he was the other party. But they brought a woman, it says. Teacher, they said, and this is the Pharisees trying to trick Jesus. This woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded to stone such women. So what do you say? They asked that to trap him in order that they may have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stopped and started writing on the ground with his finger. I don't know what he was writing with his finger. I've heard sermons about it. I've heard people uh, really try to decide what he was writing. The Scripture never tells us. My own belief is, and I can't prove this, and the Bible doesn't say that, but I believe he was taking his finger and writing the sins of each one of those Scribes and Pharisees was standing around accusing the woman. Uh, he may have written the sin. He may have written the person's name that they've committed adultery with. I don't know. But he wrote in the sand. And uh, it says, when they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, the one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at this woman. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. When they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Have you no accusers to condemn you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, he said. But he didn't overlook her sin. He said, Go from now on 
and do not sin anymore. I think out of kindness, Jesus extended forgiveness to her. She called him Lord. I don't know if that was recognizing who he was or just the term that was used then. But what an act of kindness, forgiving and telling her to go and sin no more. So our example of kindness begins with Jesus. We look on further over in the New Testament, Acts chapter 9, and this scripture is on your screen and in your notes. So follow along with me as I read it. It describes a woman by the name of Dorcas. She said to always be in doing always be doing kind things for other people. <coughs> in the city of Joppa, there was a woman named Dorcas, a believer who was always kind, doing kind things for others, especially the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. <coughs> and when they learned that Peter was nearby, two men begged him to return them would return with them to Joppa. This he did, as weeping widows were showing one another the coats and other garments Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them to leave the room, and he knelt and prayed. Turned to the body, he said, Get up, Dorcas. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her a hand and helped her up and called the believers and widows, presenting her to them. The news raced through town, and many people believed in the Lord. That was an act of kindness. First of all, it started with God because God is the one who raised her from the dead. Peter was the instrument, but he was kind enough to be God's instrument to do that. I don't understand why God raised her from the dead. I don't understand that a year ago, September the 30th of this year, we make a year ago, I don't understand why when I was in the hospital for 77 days, I don't understand why I had to do that. I don't understand why when I died that, and went to heaven and came back, and I've shared that testimony with you before. I was a skeptic before that, but I'm not a skeptic anymore because I've told you about the trip I had to heaven. I don't know why he allowed a, an alert nurse to revive me when I had died. I don't understand all that. But I know that it was an act of kindness directly from the Father. That's the most recent extreme act of kindness that I can describe to you. But you know, when God came to me and saved me, when he drew me to be saved, when he drew you to be saved, when he drew you to accept Christ as your Savior, that was an act of kindness. He did it by his grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. The word grace means actually goodness. By the goodness of God or by the grace of God, are we saved through faith. But God shows all of us, and if we had time and we went around the room, every one of you, from the youngest to the oldest, could share how good God's really been to you. I remember when I got out of the hospital, I could not step on the stage without some help. Through God's goodness, I can step up here without falling down, and I can stand up here without having to sit down. That's God's goodness. God's goodness is so big. And if we want to be like him, if we want to do what the Bible says is to be like him, then we need to express our goodness and our kindness towards others. Let me just read out of a new, this is a translation, not a paraphrase, Ephesians 2, 79. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. 
as shown as he has done for all of us who are united with Christ Jesus. Referring to the fact that he was kind enough to draw us. The Bible says we don't come to Christ except the Spirit draw us. He was kind enough to draw us. And then you and I had to make a decision about receiving him as our Savior. God saved you by his grace or by his goodness, if you want to put the word there, when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. People, it's not only for our benefit, but it's for his benefit and for his glory. Through the endless act of kindness towards us, Christ paid the price for our sins. And he forgave us of all of our sins when we asked him to be our Savior. For the moment of salvation, throughout the ages, we never stop receiving the grace and kindness of God. Do people see that kindness in you? The kindness that God shows towards us. This morning, I just want to focus on these two things and think about the text we read a few minutes ago. One of the elements of the fruit of the Spirit, again, is kindness. Another one is goodness. <coughs> in other words, one of the characteristics of the Christian who's allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct exhibits this element of kindness and goodness. Do you exhibit that this morning? Paul got to help define the virtue of goodness. When he observed in Romans, he says this, One would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. A Christian can be morally upright, be obedient to God, and still not manifest the goodness of God, the kindness of God. And my question this morning is, in your life today, are you manifesting those two elements? Or are you showing those elements? If I ask those closest to you, family, friends, co-workers, others, would they say that you are a kind and good person? If we're commanded to have those elements so we can have the fruit of the Spirit, then we ought to be practicing. I know that some of you guys are or kind of muscular like I am, tall, dark, and handsome like I am. But you know what? And some, some of you may be macho, and I speak to guys instead of ladies because I am one uh, guy. It's better to be kind and gentle and be good than it is to be macho. Some of you have tough skin, and you want people to think you're tough. But I've seen some of your hearts, and underneath that, there's that gentle spirit. There's that kindness. There's that goodness. So I challenge this morning to be one of those people who exhibits kindness and goodness. And ladies, I challenge you to do that also. But out of fear of my life, I won't describe you. One example in the Bible that we find that's a great example is Joseph. When Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, here's what the Scripture says, Matthew 18, 19. Being a righteous man, 
The word righteous means right with God. Being a righteous man, he could not bring himself to marry her, assuming she had been unfaithful. But being also a good man, he could not bear the thought of disgracing his beloved Mary, and therefore desired to have her put away secretly. In other words, divorce her. Although they weren't married, if you broke an engagement and they were engaged, it was still like a divorce. But it says it desired to put her away secretly. He could have done it publicly. He could have desired to do it publicly. But I think this verse of Scripture shows his heart, and it shows the goodness in him. What an example for you and I to show goodness to others. David, all through Psalms, he had a deep understanding of the goodness of God. He repeatedly throughout Psalms reveals God's goodness. One of the most well-known scriptures used at many funerals, if it's not the text of the sermon or a funeral, it's at least printed probably on the program, 23rd Psalm. In verse 6, it says this, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David was rejoicing in the goodness of God as he wrote this. He confessed in Psalm 27, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. With every great spirit provided, we're commanded to exemplify goodness. And I'm challenging you this morning to exemplify the goodness of God. No matter who you are or where you are, show that to others. Later, Paul says in his letters, we have the opportunity let us do good to all men, and especially those of the household of faith. We need to show it to one another in here. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, it's so real. But it needs to go outside the door to the community. Floyd often, teach, often mentions us reaching the community. Goodness and kindness can help us reach our community. It can help us reach people. But people need to see that in us. If we, don't, if we don't display that, who is? <coughs> Paul writes again to the Thessalonians, To this end we also pray for you always, he wrote to the Thessalonians, that our God may count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness. We need to desire to be good, to show goodness to others, and the word of faith with power. Then I want us to look, kind of close out today by looking at things that we have to put away in order to have kindness and goodness. Ephesians chapter 4. And I think this is going to be on your screen. It's in your notes. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Some of the translations said don't grieve. That's really what it means. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way of you live. Here's what we need to get rid of. And as I call these out, as you read them on the screen, Think about your own life. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. If any of those things describe you, just take a moment and say, God, that's where I am, but I want to move out of there. I want to get rid of my anger. I want to get rid of hard feelings. I want to get rid of these things listed here. If there's any that apply to you, I challenge you to do that. 
He goes on and said, then he gives the positive part. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, forgave you. We go right back again to the example of Jesus forgiving us and his goodness in drawing us to himself. He says there are some things we've got to put away in order to have this. And then he tells us what to do. And if, you're, if we really want to have the fruit of the Spirit, all those nine elements, we have to set aside these things and do exactly as Scripture says. I believe with all my heart, folks, that not to be kind is a sin. I told you about my impatience and unkindness on the phone with incompetent or poorly trained people, whichever it may be. I have to do that intentionally. I don't want to be a bad testimony. I know that those of you who work in retail, sometimes customers can be so harsh. And what you don't need is a Christian being harsh with you like that. But sometimes we do it unintentionally. Sometimes we let our emotions take over, and we wind up not being kind as we should. So I challenge you to practice kindness. Make sure that it's exhibited in your life. You know, the Bible often repeats things. And I think when things are repeated, there's even more emphasis on how much we need that, how much we need to practice that. He says in Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as Paul says this, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, as that word again, humility, gentleness, and patience. In fact, knowing and looking at two passages of Scripture that essentially say the same thing, just in different ways, is the best proof text we can have of another scripture. We might not understand one passage, but maybe we'll understand the other one when it's stated in a different way. But it's especially important whenever it's emphasized that way. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's you and I, chose us to be his children, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. Shows up again, doesn't it? Wow. I think reading those two verses, reading that verse twice, really ought to drive on the point about kindness and goodness. I believe for you and I, in order to really express goodness and kindness, requires biblical love. And that biblical love is set by the example of Jesus. We're commanded to love one another, not just each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, but to love those who don't know the Lord so that they will come to know the Lord. He starts out and says, I always use this at a wedding, always. Love is patient. Love is kind, as that word again. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It, but it is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, 
always perseveres. perseveres. Love never fails. Did you notice the word always is repeated before each one of the things he tells us to do? It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves, always. That's a challenge to you and me. Always love. And if we love like Jesus loved, he'll love others through us. Goodness and kindness begins, I believe, with your daily walk with the Lord. You know that I post a quiet time each day. And I'm one of those people that are almost legalistic about myself having a quiet time every morning. I want to do it in the morning so that I can be touched by the Spirit of God and I can practice goodness and kindness and gentleness and all the stuff, all the elements of the fruit of the Spirit. Several years ago, I put it at the top of my computer screen. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And often I go through that in the morning when I have my quiet time and say, God, help me to display the elements of the fruit of the Spirit in everything I do today. I need to pray that prayer to be prepared to go out to make sure that I do show the fruit of the Spirit. And I think back, Lord, I failed yesterday in this one. Help me with it today and help me to do a better job in displaying the fruit of the Spirit. Husband and wives, it begins at home with you practicing goodness and kindness to each other. Not speaking harsh words. Sometimes I get real annoyed hearing couples snapping at one another, putting one another down, making one another the brunt of a joke. It's not really funny, folks. But it starts in your time with the Lord each morning. Again, some of you have it at night. That's just fine. I'm so bad I need mine in the daytime so I can practice it that day and not wait till that night. So I urge you to begin your day or sometime during the day by spending time alone with him so that he can love others through you, so that he can express goodness and kindness through others. And I want to close with this. I want to ask you this week to apply today what God has said to you by practicing random acts of kindness. There will be people at the door to give these cards out. I want you to take two or three. If you want more, that's fine. And on the card, it says, so real, you've been racked. Then it has the list of the fruit of the Spirit, the elements of the fruit of the Spirit in the verse, and then it gives our address and all that. Try to do it without drawing attention to yourself. Beck and I love doing this once in a while, and we don't always have cards, but now we've got cards. It's amazing when you pay someone's bill in a restaurant and you don't let them know who did it. You tell the waitress, here's my credit card, would you take care of that person's bill over there? But I don't want them to know who did that. And once she tells them, after she pays it, brings it back to you, and she goes and tells them the bill's been paid for. (laughs) It's interesting to me to watch people look around and try to figure out who did that. If you want to practice a random act of kindness and have some fun, Don't let people know who did it. 
And there's not a one of us in here that can't afford to buy a meal for someone else. Not that they need it, but just simply. You may not even pick out someone who is in uniform or, or a teacher you know or something. Maybe just someone in the restaurant there. But practice random acts of kindness. And have them give them this card and say, when you tell them the bill's been paid for, just give them this card. But don't let them know who did it. I, I'm just amazed. I, I remember doing some things in Lawton when we lived there with paying people's bills like that. And the looks that you got, just unbelievable. They didn't know who did it. And they're looking all around the room trying to figure it out. But they can't figure it out. To me, that's fun. Now, it may not be fun to you, I don't know, but I enjoy seeing that. Maybe you want to wash your next-door neighbor's car. I'll leave mine. I'm not your next-door neighbor, but I'll leave mine. You can wash it today. But think about practicing a random act of kindness. And again, you know, it can be the simplest things. If you want to have some fun, put some quarters in the sandbox at a playground and watch the kids. Some of the kids will reach down and get it. Others will look around and see if anybody's looking. Then they'll get it. But do something this week to show kindness and goodness to others. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.